Happy New Year. All right, enough of the fun stuff. This is Corin. This is the Other Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 352 of the Other Anthem Podcast. Yet another year, yet another episode. This time the count's right, though. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, Rob, I got to say something about New Year's just right up top. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit upset because usually we go out for New Year's. Usually. So well, I mean, not, usually, yeah. I mean, we we do something. Yes, there's yeah. some sort of an event, uh, and obviously this year that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And when it became close to midnight on on the West Coast here, I was looking it up, and I could not find a local like West Coast themed New Year celebration anywhere. They were just replaying the East Coast version of like everything to get you up to midnight, mm-hmm. but it was just watching the ball drop in New York and stuff like that. And I don't know if this is something I just noticed or uh, if this is something that has always been this way, but that kind of sucks. Well, usually we're on the East coast, so we don't care so much. Uh, <laughs> we we were going to be up for the three hours to wait until it's 3am. We're going to bed anyway. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. Uh, I feel like we were back. Were we back last year for new year's? We were, but we did like old people thing. We went to dinner and then we were there at midnight and then we went to sleep. Yes. Yeah. So uh, last year was my ideal, my ideal New Year's. It was Fogo de Chao for dinner, for a late dinner at nine, home 1140. We popped a sh- some champagne. We saw the uh, ball drop in New York, the repeat. Yeah. And then I was in bed by 1215. I feel like we were do. watching something else though. Maybe it was a YouTube. I mean, like I know this year. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to pull up a YouTube thing that's counting down. So this was like, uh, this was the live. It was YouTube live. It was, oh, the, was a, a yeah. live counter um, where they were going and showing you like, here was what New York did. And then and the same moment, we'll show you Sydney and London and Paris. And on New York time, they were showing Sydney and London and Paris. Yeah. And on London time, they were showing Paris and Sydney and, you know, everything that happened before. So it was uh, New Year's all around the clock as you progressed further. We're just the last ones. Right. One of the last ones on that list. So yeah. one of those things. Uh, but it was last, it's, last probably landmark time zone before you get to the international dateline. Because you got Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaiian's on uh, on uh, Hawaiian time. So that's one hour. Oh, I know. More. But I'm saying like other than Hawaii and parts of Alaska, like is there another New Year's celebration that would be because Japan's on the other side of the international yep. date nope. line, right? It's it's uh, right in the middle of Pacific. So uh, there are like Midway Island is just on this side of the international date line. Hmm. So they do the the the, the last. last one. Yeah, yeah, we're the last. Uh, while um, there's islands on the other side that do the first. Yeah, like Sydney isn't the first. Sydney is two hours into the new year or somebody like that. But you know, two, I remember 2000, 2000 was the year that people really discussed it where they were like, Oh, we're the first in the new millennium. And yeah. then Midway Island had their like the last end of the, we're still the last ones in the nineties. Even though technically it didn't start till 2001. I hate those people. I just did it. I don't it, know why I did it. I don't know why. I did listen, it. I was in high school. I was sophomore. Uh, I went out and drank for new years for the first time in my life. And Everything, I mean, listen, uh, we had a, an N64, we had pizza, we had beer. Uh, my life has really just been downhill since that moment. Uh, the Y2 bug didn't hit, and everything I had planned for uh, went sideways. And my computer my computer at the time went up. 
I had a brother laptop. It did not survive Y2K. <laughs> I think it's the only thing that didn't survive Y2K. Thank God it didn't shut everything down because it wasn't connected to the internet. <laughs> well, I was going to say. Uh, the, it was a literally $200 laptop. Can the, you believe? The saddest part of that story is that uh, Corey's parents got him a printer with a screen <laughs> and uh, convinced him it was a laptop and he just thinks it went down and they unplugged it and that's it. That's the end of that it story. It didn't have an operating system. It had like a brother, it had like a word <laughs> processor. And <laughs> Is that like my TI-83 where Basically, I just spell a, boobs upside down and that's it? <laughs> it's a very fancy calculator. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I just realized that uh, 2000 let down um, yeah. wasn't what we thought it was going to be. 2012 let down mm-hmm. world did not end. Right. Then I hear 2020, you know, uh, I, I say that meme, the 1920, 1820 pandemics each time. And I'm like, 2020, we're going to get that pandemic. And then funny enough, we got, that we pandemic. got a pandemic, yeah. which was, fun, uh, you know, unthought of. Here's the disappointing part. I just can't get the world to end in my lifetime. No matter what happens, we can't get it to end. Well, Trump, with, wait, Trump, not even Trump did it. Oh, God. Yet. Oh. Trump didn't do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that. Uh, first, speaking yeah. of speaking of the last time something is going to happen for a while, um, the Georgia Senate runoff, the last election of this election cycle. Are you sure? To happen Are you tomorrow. sure? Yeah. Seems like we've had a lot of them. I don't know. I hope. I hope that there's nothing, nothing new that comes out between now and the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't take it anymore. Uh, but yes, it's, uh, the much publicized David Perdue versus John Ossoff and, the chicken uh, guy? Raphael Warnock. And that's, uh, another David Perdue, isn't it? It's uh, Daniel Perdue. I think. Oh, it's Daniel. Daniel uh, yeah. And then, uh, Warnock and Kelly Leffler. Um, everyone knows the stakes at this point. The Democrats need to win two to be able to get a 50, 50 tie in the Senate and having a tie breaking vote from Kamala Harris, uh, not 50, 58, 48, 50, and two, even though the two independents go caucus, with, caucus Democrats. with the Democrats. Yeah. Yes. Um, but effectively 50, 50. And well, it, Corey, here's the thing. They're, they're, uh, oh, sorry. Let me get back to two shots. People see me. They're all Marxists. Yeah. If you, if you listen to the, what the speech we just watched, they're all Marxists. They're radical socialists. They're the people who we drove out of Paris According to Tommy uh, Turtle Tub or whatever his name is, uh, the Auburn coach who's now a senator. Oh, uh, Tommy Tuberville. Yeah. Tuber- Tuberville. Yeah. Uh, they're all the people we drove out of Paris and Berlin, Nazi, socialists, uh, communists. So clearly uh, there are threats to society. I like how there's no line with <laughs> much like much like with Democrats calling Republicans racist, like anything is good enough to, to for you to cross the line into racist. Like any, I mean, but a lot of them are racist. Well, no, but a I'm, lot of them are racist. No, but I'm saying, like, you know, like in the in the minds of some people who like to call people racist, like yeah. you could either be screaming the n word on the street, mm-hmm. or you could be saying something that's very minute, and you've crossed the racism line. You know, I really want to bring back hashtag socially acceptable racism. Uh, <laughs> can I start now that I'm tweeting again? Can I start tweeting that as a uh, dash? Uh, See, but those are those those are good examples because they were always like uh, puns, more or less, or things that sounded like they were racist, Mm -hmm. but they weren't really racist, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was the uh, Corey out of context. That's the better hashtag, Corey out of context, where it sounds really racist, but if you had heard it in the conversation, (laughs) it wasn't actually. But then when Rob just tweets the one (laughs) sentence that I said, yeah, sounds 
Sounds like I'm a maniac. Well, those people should expect to get treated that way. <laughs> We're talking about sex offenders, but it just sounds weird if you only tweet that one sentence. Um, but yes, th- this this upcoming election here is very interesting to me because there's so many. I was telling you before. I, I think people think of like political science more as like the you get a somebody who has a political science degree and then you can see all the possible problems that come up and have somebody savvy who solves them Mm -hmm. when it's really more that you're just a historian who knows how like turns happen, you know, like, well, I mean, Richard Jenny said, uh, political science degree was like Amway. Uh, you get the degree just to learn that you need to get more degrees and then sell other people on coming to get that degree, which I I can either become a lawyer or teach other people political science. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) now that I think about it, if Richard Jenny had given it some thought, he might've compared it to Scientology more than Amway. Mm. Uh, because now what we know, it's a lot like Scientology, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's his historian, but a, an active historian. It's, yeah. I know these things and I'm going to try to show you how they apply to this thing that's happening right now Yeah. without saying, let's wait 10 years and then I'll show you why these two things were exactly alike and we should have seen it. But the, the, time. W- the reason I bring that up is because there are so many different variables involved in this particular election that are unlike anything else that we've really had before. Because, I mean, like, there's been special elections before, but this is very different than other special elections. Uh We've had mail-in voting for elections. Mm-hmm. We've never had it for a singular election like this, like or to this extent, you know, early voting and, and cool. mail-in voting. I don't know if you know this, but one of these candidates doesn't hold the values or the, you know, the family. Um, he's not the same color as anyone in Georgia, yeah. uh, according to the president. Just oh uh, yeah, I, I well, forgot I, the flower, the flourish language he used <laughs> to say uh, he's not like you. <laughs> the well, it, I think it was the the most liberal progressive candidate who's ever run for Senate in Georgia. And then I looked over at Rob and I was like, what he means by that is the blackest the person black, who's ever yes, run. The for blackest <laughs> guy who ran for office in Georgia. Yeah. He should know better. That was the very coded there. Maybe there's the line like the Yeah. <laughs> like somebody, somebody's hearing that going like, Oh, the most liberal person who's ever run for Georgia is like, he's just trying to say black. Oh, that's the racism. It's not, it's out of control. It's, it's a spectrum. It's, it's, it's less than the guy who's it's less than Michael Richards at the improv. Like, if if you say that, I shouldn't take it as racist. But when Trump tell you says that, I absolutely oh, say yeah, it's racist. Mean, like, it's source as well. So. I mean, like if Trump said, like, you know, like, oh, what about a red delicious apple? I'm like, you fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> Even Washington football team gave up that term already. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? Am I not? Did I misunderstand? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just. My brain goes there immediately. Granny Smith or nothing, you racist pig. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Anywho, uh, there's just so many things here that there is not really. In in a in a effort to try and find things to talk about in in reference to this election, I couldn't really find anything that checks as many boxes as this one does. And in that in my mind, that makes it more unpredictable because we don't really have a baseline going in like we would in most elections. Like most elections, you'd be able to say, you know, we have this vote every two years for this congressional district over the last 20 years. This congressional district is a lean plus 15 red or something like, you know, like, yeah. uh, And you can use that, that beginning knowledge to understand where your candidate is polling as opposed to things. I haven't really seen a a lot of high quality polls in Georgia for the runoff. I think a lot of people have been cutting bait and not wanting to do them because they don't want to have a poll that comes out and it's wrong. 
which a lot of polls this coming uh, or this past election cycle were off. Are you telling me Nate Silver doesn't want to jump into this discussion? Well, it, okay. So one thing, just <laughs> as a thing, I, I I get that Nate Silver is like the head of the analytics of the yes. of the politics idea here. He, he's literally he put himself there, though. He put himself there. He's literally just taking the numbers of others. Yeah. Like he's an aggregator. Yeah. He's, he, he just takes all the polls and then they, they decide how important these polls are and help to try and put some context to these things um, that people wouldn't otherwise know. He's the Reddit of pollsters. Now, right. there are people in my life who take Reddit as the end all and be all. Yeah. Just like they do Nate Silver. And there are people like Corey who are like, Reddit? Is that still a thing? Like Nate Silver, where people are like, is that I mean, still a thing? I, I would say, uh, this might be a deep poll for some, but <laughs> but Nate Silver is kind of like the Bill James of politics because like Bill James didn't invent analytics in baseball. Okay. But he was the first one who realized that by collecting so many numbers, he could understand like shortcuts to success more or less. Way to pull the most generic name <laughs> in history <laughs> with no reference as to what Just it like is. John Smith. I, just, I was oh, like, oh, that John Smith. Wait and uh, oh, analytics. Okay, baseball yeah. analytics. With you, know who we're talking about now. Now yep, I know. Sure. Now yeah, I got okay, it. Okay, yeah. Um, but it, the other thing that makes this uh, ele- this election, special election in Georgia, out there, it's a state that has changed dramatically in the last four years since yeah. the last election. It's been problematic before. For two years since uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, really. Oh yeah, two years since yeah. Abrams' uh, governor governor uh, run. But even more than that. It went to Jimmy Carter. It went to Bill Clinton. It was close on Al Gore, not as close as it was this time around. Right. But, um, mm. It went to Obama in 08, but then went to... Um, no, Obama didn't get it. He almost got it. Almost got it. Yeah, okay, he was yeah. very so, close. So it's it's that one of those things that's been like on the border already. And, but I, I think it, if I remember correctly... In 08, he was really close, and they thought in 12, it would, get it would be, yeah, like, oh, they might be able to get it, and then they pulled further away. Yeah. So, like. And and then Trump did really well in 16 in Georgia, mm-hmm. but now Biden took it, in, and it's like, it seems so unpredictable, but not only is that an issue, not only are the candidates an issue, because David Perdue is. Uh, now, you corrected me on this. I keep saying family money, but maybe he's a self-made man. I maybe. I seem to remember. I watched some biography on him or something like that. Like one of the, on YouTube, I think Vox was doing little biographies of candidates and stuff like that. And I seem to remember he didn't come from money and he just did well. And like, uh, was the CEO of a business that got really, really big and then fell apart. And then he became like the CEO that got brought in to save a sinking company. And Which then they would always sink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he'd get a payout from it. And then the Mitt Romney uh, effect, which is yeah. good looking white guy who could be a savior, but ends up sinking your business. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Bain Capital, which is Mitt Romney's company. That's what they do. They come in, they tear you to pieces, sell you for the highest value and then move on to the next company. Uh, right. Uh, so not that David Perdue does that. It's like John's Taffer meets Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he, uh, anyway, started out on third by being white and male mm. and in the South. So yeah. good for you. Kelly Loeffler. Uh, Loeffler, by the way. We keep, we, <sighs> we were saying, we did the, we did the episode way back when where we talked about Purdue and Loeffler's yes. uh, uh, stock thing. And that's when everyone was still calling her Loeffler. Yes. And it's Loeffler. We all looked at it and said, that's Loeffler if I've ever seen it, but apparently it's Loeffler. Loeffler. So. 
Uh, the who, O is silent, hon. Uh, and that's real hard for people from Maryland. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kelly Leffler, who was rich, married mm. richer, and now is uber rich thanks to some stock maybe she made during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, well, and being married to the guy who runs the stock market. Yeah, it like... certainly helps. Um, against uh, a preacher from Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. Right. Uh, and a guy who... Public service, I know, is in his past. Are you uh, talking about Asav? Yes. Journalist. Journalist, but I, I, I feel like there was something else. Like, maybe it was in college he volunteered. I don't know. It was, But nothing high paying, nonetheless. Right. It was just like, here's the career in uh, um, money making of Asav, and then Warnock is slightly higher. Yeah. And then a lot of blank, empty space, <laughs> and then Leffler, and then above that, Purdue. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I think it's the other way around. I think it would be Purdue, Leffler. Oh, no, uh, personal. So Leffler is rich, but a lot of her money comes from family. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Which she turned family money into personal money. Which See, is here's the easy. Here's but. the great rub about being rich. If you're rich, <laughs> and no, no, hold on. This, no, yeah, this, is a, this is a real thing. If you're rich, you run into other people in your rich circles. Yeah. So you go to the you go to the country club and you run into another rich person. So that when you start dating one of these rich people that you meet at the country club, you can expand your wealth because. You know, you're doing pretty well and they're doing pretty well. And then you combine those forces together and you're two people who are doing really well for themselves as opposed to, you know, like I feel like uh, there's a lot of relationships where it's like either two poor people getting together. I'm using poor as a a, a generic term. Less than rich. Yes. Poorer people uh, who get together or sometimes there's a lot of issues between one person being the breadwinner and one person being less than that. And then the the problems that come up with, like, how are we doing the money? Or uh, I make the money, you spend the money. Like the uh, breadwinner who has always envisioned that they would be able to not be the breadwinner, yeah. but then they uh, marry the idealist who's like, okay, great. So you're used to making the money and I'm used to dealing with the issues. So that's going to continue. And mm-hmm. the breadwinner. So like, you're going to continue no, no, making wait. the money and I'm going to start my own craft brew business. Yes. Yeah. And the, the other one was like, no, wait, I got married so I could quit doing all this work and share the load with somebody. And it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about being rich is daddy gives you a small inheritance of $10 million. Right. And you meet someone at the, the country club who says, you're already starting out with such a large uh, amount of money. You must have some insight. So I'm going to pay you an inordinate sum to come do nothing at my company. Yeah. Uh, or maybe just as a favor to your dad because you're fresh out of college with your uh, English degree. I'm going to have you come be a VP at my company and make 600 grand a year. Yeah. And you sit in an office for 10 years at 600 grand a year and all your money just earns interest. And now you're 10 times as wealthy as you were when you started. So good job. I uh, the, the whole fascination to me about these two in particular I, I will never th- this is the one thing I won't really comprehend. I mean, like, I guess, you know, uh, the Democrats have their problems just being Democrats in Georgia alone. That's that's a tough Democrats road. To, are so great. Why do they lose? So <laughs> goddamn always. It's a tough road to hoe because it's already a competitive state. It's not like Democrats running in California. So you already have that disadvantage against you. Uh, and specifically, I think uh, Ossoff and Warnock have the have various disadvantages that racist people of the South will have, will have issues with. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, and I just don't like, I don't get how you look at Leffler and Purdue and say, this person fucking gets me. 
Like well, I, I work, Corey, I work at Walmart. This person fucking gets me. Like, I have an image next to you right now of all four candidates, and I can certainly say, while John Ossoff does have some things in common with you, uh, unkept hair appearance, yeah. uh, general attractiveness. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You uh, certainly have way more in common with Purdue and Leffler, and by that I mean the staunch upper crust raising that yeah. has given you a certain look about you. Right. Uh, and being white, white what? as hell, like country club. <laughs> my parents lived right off of it. I almost hit yeah. a golf cart with my car when I was 16. Yeah. Kind Glazed of. and gray poupon. Yeah, yeah. 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 That you got that look about you. So I would say that, uh, although you have lived that life, yeah. I look at them and say, maybe I want to live that. And I want to say, I have so much in common with these two really rich people, even though I don't. Yeah. Um, I always go back to what's the matter with Kansas? Every American thinks they are a billionaire temporarily down on their luck. Yeah. And the reality is that ain't us folks. Right. Uh, There are a few of them and they don't give a shit about us and they would rather make double their money during a pandemic than help you out just a little bit. Well, not only that, it's just the dumb luck factor of it sometimes too. I feel like, you know, some people get famous and or rich or whatever it may be, and it it didn't have to necessarily be them. They were just in the right place at the right time. And it, you know, don't get me wrong. It, it, I'm not trying to take anything away from any one person, but like, you know, you a one hit wonder of some kind. Like they were at the right place, at the right time to capitalize on something on some talent that they had, but that talent might not have been good enough to make them the big star. Regard, you know, like Freddie Mercury was going to be. A really well-known no singer, regardless of what happened. <laughs> Music had changed in the mid-80s. I guarantee you he could have modified himself and become a grunge well, not a, singer if he really wanted. Not only that, you hear the voice and you're just yeah. like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. we'll find a place for you. Like, but that works for everything, by the way. Because like, I always go back to Bubble Rap. I did an episode of Rob Explains on Bubble Rap. Those guys took two shower curtains and sealed air in between them. Yeah. It is a $20 billion company per year company now. Yeah. And I'm like... It, it's all about time. If I had been born a hundred years earlier, I would have been a Rockefeller. Yeah. Just, I come up with random shit all the time, but it's just like, uh, it's what's as seen on TV stuff. Yeah. A hundred years ago, as seen on TV stuff was like blowing people's minds in the Woolworth. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the bigger thing about this election isn't necessarily just the candidates. It's not the issues of Georgia. It's not what's happening in the power control in the Senate. It's also, the fact that the president is also involved. And this week, the Washington Post leaked a recording of a call that was made uh, between the president of the United States. And I want to be clear that it is the president and not uh, some taping of a mob boss giving a call to a local businessman. This is the president of the United States calling the uh, secretary of state for Georgia, who is Mm -hmm. the other gentleman in this uh, picture. Brad Raffensperger. Yeah, which nobody knows who he is, but that's who it is. It's Mm -hmm. the secretary of state. And essentially saying, Mm -hmm. um, hey, uh, well, I think you put this very well in our discussion. Like, he had five arguments going in. He came in and he was like, oh, you've done so well with the state and you've done such a good job. And like, don't you think you could help a brother out? And then he got a no on that. And he's like, you know, this is a crime. This is a crime that you're committing. And then it went from, it just like hopped around trying to find the in. Yeah. And Anderson Cooper, I don't like to give uh, compliments to Vanderbilt's, but uh, he did say, he was just like, uh, this is the art of the deal. This is the great negotiator. This guy that we're hearing on this call. And I just immediately go back to what you just said. Growing up rich, being around other people who are just kind of like, eh, it's, it's, 
it's Trump's kid. Just, you know, yeah. give him a deal. And he thinks he's the greatest. Well, not only ever. that, but like, you know, it's a lot easier to negotiate somebody when when you you don't when there's not something finite on the other end. Yeah. Like, you know, like like eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes that you need. <laughs> if you if I wanted to buy a widget from your store. Right. And you sell them for 20 bucks and you bought it for 10. I'm not going to get it for less than 10. No. Unless you just you're just like giving me a gift, essentially. The, the Unless I want you to buy 400,000 widgets, and I know I'll take a loss on this one to get you to buy 400,000. Sure. Hypoth- I mean, like, but there's some sort of, there's something in it for yeah. you. Yeah. The, and regardless of whether or not I can get it for less money than 20 at all, the best I'm probably going to be able to do is 10. Yeah. So Trump is going into these negotiations <laughs> where he's not going to get lower than 20. He's stuck at 20. This yeah. is all he could, like, he can't really do anything. Yeah, but it's not in his mind, though. Because in, oh, in his mind, he can change this around. But I'm saying, like, on the other favor, end, the guy's like, the price is 20. <laughs> his favor has value. Uh, crypt, like, a pardon has mm-hmm. been proven to him to have value. The My ability to pardon you yeah. has a value. And it's that's what I think I saw on the call, which is all of these steps of, like, the things that I can offer you that have value. Do you want to be in my favor? I can give you that. I mean, it was 100% mob boss. If you oh. want to, if you want to know, if you want to know, uh, <laughs> this is kind of the, this, this might be part of the idiot savant element of Trump. Cause I, I don't feel like he's capable of like really handling this sort of like the, uh, to, to switch his mind like this per se, but all the things he was saying were just so close on the line of oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't me threatening you. But it's me saying, I don't know if you want your dog to go walk in on that sidewalk next week because I heard it's quite hot. <laughs> like, and I don't it's, think it's idiot savant. I think it literally is practice. Yeah, that at just some like point, doing that all the walked, time. Yep, yeah, somebody walked him through it, and now he's a natural at walking that line where you don't say anything super criminal. Yeah, I mean, we heard on the Ukraine call though that he's not always great at that. Sometimes. No, and I, I think that it, you have to be more inclined to think that this is going to leak. Than the Ukraine call was because yeah. the Ukraine call was all underneath the walls of the White House. If you're if you're calling the the Secretary of State who hates you, <laughs> you gotta you gotta worry about what might come out of the what might get leaked out of that call. And and also Purdue, just going back to that for half a second. Yeah, him being upset that uh, that he would leak the call. Like this is the this is like how dare you leak that video of me assaulting a nun like that. That should be handled behind closed doors. The whole world doesn't need to know about it. It's like, all right, well, now that the world does know about it, maybe we should talk about maybe we should talk about all the criminal shit that happened in that call. To be fair, I mean, the Catholic Church is really big on keeping <laughs> things internally. Yeah. I don't know if you've, you've oh, noticed you brought that up Scientology, it. too, the Danny Masterson. Oh, we are thing. just going to we are pissing everybody <laughs> off today. <laughs> We're not doing that one today. I think the biggest thing out of all I took out of this. I uh, think we should do a live podcast in front of Scientology, like on L. Ron Hubbard way. Uh, they just, would never allow it. Uh, <laughs> there would certainly be police there. Let's get a film a L.A. Pro, uh, uh, permit and just do it out there and just do a Danny Masterson podcast or something like that. I am. I'm fine with pissing off Scientology. You want to work in this town. I don't I don't really care. Uh, you're the one who wants to work. So that's up to you. But I think to me, the biggest part of this story is twofold. Number one, Trump is thirsty as hell. He yeah. Called 18 times and finally got through, which by the way, uh, Donald, we've all been there. We wanted to get connected. We've sent too many texts. We've sent called too many times. And I know you reach a point where you're like, I already look desperate. I'm just going to keep calling until they pick up. 
don't. In the future, don't. Because much like that girl that you uh, have been calling too much, it's 100% going to get recorded and 100% going to be gossiped about on the backside of your call, no matter how that shakes out. The other part of it is uh, Brianna uh, Keeler on CNN, who compared uh, the Secretary of State's response to Trump's initial 10-minute-long rant. So that wasn't the Secretary of State, just so you know. That was was uh, his general counsel, actually. Or he was the uh, uh, person who's in charge of implementing the election system for Georgia. Is it the guy who was on the, the later press conference later in that afternoon? Maybe. Because that guy was fed up. Yeah. He oh, was really it, entertaining too. Oh, he he's he's like the fucking Eminem of the Georgia <laughs> of the Georgia press conference world. He comes out just throwing shit. Like yep, yep. and it's great. I got a whole list of stuff here we gotta address. Let's oh, there, go through it. There was what was like about a month ago or something like that. Uh there was some guy who who worked it was like a contract worker for Dominion. Like I don't even remember, I, you know, the whole fucking QAnon conspiracy, like figuring out like what the real version of this story that deserved yeah. this guy's ire is like impossible to understand. But the the idea was he did something, but he was just like a, a temp, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like, you know, like deliver toner to the, to the polling site or something like that. And then he got like death threats and people showing up at his door and shit like that. And this the the guy who was doing the, the response, the the person who puts the whole system together was just like you know that's just a kid working a job and you guys are threatening to kill him outside of his like what kind of civilization do we live in it's like he's like losing it it's just like i love him i've never seen anything like this Uh, and his one today was just uh, like let me go through a laundry list of everything that i've heard and why it's all bullshit here we go (laughs) all right number one so nine thousand dead people apparently (laughs) voted we found two (laughs) and one of them cast their ballot and then died Uh, this is allowed under georgia law it's a legal ballot if you cast it while alive number two we're still looking into and maybe it'll you know maybe somebody signed it for him but uh, we'll see nonetheless uh brianna keeler on cnn compared that guy's response to trump on the call to the principal at the end of billy madison where billy gives this very flourished response about a guy and his puppy i think is the name of the book uh and the principal at the end of it says something to the effect of um we are all dumber for yeah. having listened to it. At no point did you stumble into something recognizable as a cognizant point. Uh, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. It's a great speech. Uh, I quote it often. I send it as a gift. Many gif gif many times on work slack. Oh, you um, gifted too. Oh, uh, I gifted to him too. <laughs> uh, but the fact that she, what she said, then uh, I just remember at the, the end of the movie, Billy Madison and I quote, and then she read yeah. the entire quote. And I was like, the things you never think you're going to see on TV. I always like when people quote movies that you don't think they're going to quote as much. Like, just, like we're just going to see uh, Chris Cuomo later just being like, uh, you know, as they say in the movie, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> oh, Chris. Oh, careful. That's I a, can't wait for this one. Go ahead. Minefield <laughs> of a movie. Uh, deep, Chris. <laughs> uh, but so the the call obviously is impacting the election uh we just before we came live did watch uh trump doing his uh, rally thing in georgia where everyone's worried about who's going to show up is it going to be jolly trump which is the one we got was it going to be chastising trump saying 
don't go to the polls. It's all uh, none I mean, of it matters. This this was best case scenario Trump for me. Yeah. I think he he went out there. He threw some red meat to the audience. He said, "Go vote." Uh, that's about all the Republicans can hope he does at this point. <laughs> like, uh, he called up Le- uh, Leffler. He apparently was going to call up Purdue if he was there. I didn't uh, see yeah. him. We gave up before that point. Yeah, uh, he called up the crazy Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green came up and Rob started having problems. Yeah, we had to go away <laughs> because I realized that all other things being equal. I would have 100% tried to date her. Um, under under 5'2", blonde, dumb as a brick, and <laughs> batshit crazy. That is what I call a juicy meatball. I cannot. <laughs> that is a high and tight fastball to uh, to Chris. Um, Rob, Rob's seeing that one come in, and he's just like fucking Gary Sheffield with the bat <laughs> swinging wildly. <laughs> it's, and it's in my head. I'm saying to myself. You're never going to hit it. It's going to go terribly wrong. There's so much pressure on you right now. Don't screw this up. And then all of a sudden my brain's like, you could do it, bro. Just hit it. Knock it out of the park. And then I take a big swing. And a year and a half later, I'm in cuffs with a cut up face on a sidewalk. And then I got to make explanations to people. and call I'm Corey. Sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> Corey, I know you've never met my mom before. Can you call her at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> That's not a true story at all. Anyway, uh, so Corey, uh, what are the other things that's coming out of this, though, uh, out of the call? Impact in Georgia. Uh, and the other thing is the, the Congress, not the Senate, the Congress is talking about what to do about this call. Because yeah. it clearly, to me, less clearly to other people, uh, violates election law and mm-hmm. may need to lead to something. The House is talking about censure, which is something that they can do. But uh, you, however, are uh, looking at maybe something a little more stringent, should I well, say. Well, l- let me just say, the other day I fantasized about about a wonderful possibility. <laughs> and even though I know that none of this could happen, because th- no no part of this would allow to be happen, would, would, would allow, would be allowed to happen. And there none of the parties are selfless enough. To yeah. actually do the thing that they need to do. Right. And and uh, anyway, uh, let's impeach Trump and Pence because Pence is involved in this whole thing. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He's just involved in this whole thing. Well, it came out uh, his brother. It, I thought yeah. he was clean until it's like, oh, his family members are deeply involved. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, he's dirty, too. Okay. Oh, no. At some point, Pence was in. At some point, Stephen Miller went into a room and it's just like, you're keeping this to your fucking self, Pence. And he's involved now. Uh He's going to be the patsy. Every everyone, every good criminal conspiracy needs a patsy. Um, Especially one that doesn't really know they're a patsy until right at the end. And then wait a like, minute. Oh, I'm shit. the patsy. <laughs> uh, so let's get rid of Trump. Let's get rid of Pence. Uh, just impeach him. Uh, maybe if McConnell gets fed up enough, he'll allow it to happen. And then once we eliminate both of them, Nancy Pelosi gets elevated to president of the united states this sounds like an awful idea but stick with me for just a minute at at the guilty finding at the guilty finding they are no longer in office but part of her becoming president of the united states would be she has to give up her seat in congress so she resigns the congress and then she moves on to the presidency and then in you know 15 days when joe biden becomes president then she can just go back to san francisco and go fuck herself and that way we've gotten rid of trump pence and Pelosi, I mean, it's not everything we wanted, but it's three really good things. Like, it's three promising developments. I, I feel like 
for the benefit of the country. And, and this don't is forget, the best. though, you know who becomes the, uh, the vice president in that case? Now, it's not necessary under the Constitution, but who would become the vice president for that temporary period? The Senate pro temp? Yeah. I don't even know who that is right now. Who is that? Well, it depends, because if uh, Leffler and Purdue get in, mm, nobody. Mm. But arguably, if Ossoff and uh, Warnock get in, you could say that the majority or the minority leader of the Senate would be one of the two president. No, but the pro tem is is assigned, right? It's elected. Yes. Yeah. Um, And uh, let's just say it's usually some loser, too. It's not usually somebody. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's somebody who doesn't think that uh, the minority leader wouldn't take the president pro tem because they'd rather be the majority leader. But in your fantasy world where all of these wonderful things are happening, let's say that Chuck Schumer became the uh, president pro temp. He would then become the uh, vice president. He could be elevated by the Senate to the role of vice president. Why is it so hard to find this? Because it's not a real thing. (laughs) Uh, Because the president of the Senate is the vice president and the president pro temp is just who takes uh, that position when the vice president's not there. And the majority leader and the minority leader are the real power. Second highest ranking leadership position in the U S Senate next to the majority leader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and I mean, Chuck would want to be the majority leader, but that's, Oh, it might be Grassley. Chuck Grassley. Yeah. It's Chuck Grassley. So as a, uh, as a Republican. Yeah. But what if it's a democratic, uh, what, what if it's 50, 50 split or 42, four or 48, 52, and then they get one Republican to come over. I guess the question would be, when does Georgia officially send? Oh, it would be Steny Hoyer. Steny Hoyer is the whip for the Democrats now, right? No, he's in the House. Fuck, yeah. he's in the House. Who's the Democratic whip in the Senate? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, Chuck Schumer's the minority leader. Isn't Van Hollen up there, though? Yes. Yes. Also yeah. from Maryland. I knew it was somebody from Maryland. Yeah. Uh, so we can get rid of Van Hollen, too. because uh, I mean, I, I'm fine with Van Hollen. I don't need to get rid of him. I mean, if we're making a list, he's Dutch. not up at the top. I'm saying, Dutch is the guy. Well, I mean, like, I can make a huge list of all the people <laughs> we need to get rid of, but... You know, like right now, we're knocking out three pretty big names. Oh, okay, you're living in a fantasy world. I'm just trying to aid your fantasy. Like, I, I mean, how can I get Dutch Rupersberger out as well? <laughs> I mean, you know, just a buffet would probably do. <laughs> Some uh, spicy food and no eating ass around. If I could quote the great movie Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> the. Uh, the worst part, we're, we're getting into the to the House and Senate part of this whole thing, because the certification vote is on Wednesday. And uh, Josh Hawley is positioned himself as the person who's going to uh, say, uh, what, what is the exact term there? I can't remember. Uh, uh, contest the election results. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the actual or term? Or the certification. I you said fight for Trump or yeah, uh, whatever well, I mean, they were like, cheering about nonsense. Yeah, he's going to contend the, the election results, and uh, it's going to waste a lot of time. Because they're each going to have to break off into their separate, uh, separate groups and have a vote, and neither of these votes are going to go anywhere. The point you brought up that Josh Hawley, uh, or Hawley, yeah. was the first name on the image that I found, which was the common image today. He is the last name on the list. It's Cruz and yeah. the ten people he brought along, and then Josh Hawley. Right, because Cruz tried to to big step Hawley by bringing in a bunch of people with him. Yep. That's that's how it. And that name now is is because usually it's just the first name that that becomes part of the story. Yeah. It would be Josh Hawley and eleven other senators. Yeah, but he tried to go it alone. And now twelve with Leffler, and possibly thirteen with Purdue because I don't think Purdue is on the list yet. Maybe he was gonna drop it on the crowd. Um, yeah, I was gonna say if he was there, or maybe that's why he wasn't Trump there. Trump was like, "We're gonna go to a pre-recorded message from David Purdue." <laughs> 
Yeah, just so it's clear, I'm gonna contest. Uh, I'm gonna contest the shit out of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so contesting the results. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the, the I mean, realistically, there's no there's no path forward here for overturning the election results unless you can convince both the House and the Senate to uh, pass in a majority. So <laughs> here there needs to that they need to contest the vote. And Here's then the I problem. think right there, you just send it back to the states to work out, right? So, yes. Here's the deal. It's that you don't agree to the certification of electors. That's all the Congress is agreeing to here. So, essentially, 140 congressmen, 12, maybe 13 senators. I mean, it's part of advise and confirm. Yes. Yeah. And not not even advise and confirm. It's confirmation mm-hmm. of the... the uh, Election process. I mean, like in this secure. case, it's really just acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one more step to say we are white and privileged and we need to separate the trashy, dirty, common people from the elected. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure we can, you know, put our parental consent on everything. So yeah. not only do we have the Electoral College, but we have the Congress and the Senate confirming what the Electoral College has agreed to. So, right. um, but what they can do is, again, yeah, as you said, they break down into they can break down every single state or the questionable states and then take them out for a voting committee. Come back. If they do convince some more senators or some more congressmen and they can throw the, the state count, because, again, this is done by state, not by total number. Yeah. So if you can pull enough states, they can send it back to the state for reconfirmation, which then just brings it back to the Senate or the House yeah. to hear the vote again. And the question is, what do the good does that do? It puts it in limbo until the 20th. Well, I mean, really all it does is it gives Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley some airtime. Yeah. And like this, this is all they're trying to do on the 19th. Is, it, let me tell you, if the vote was the last vote was held on or the next vote was held the 19th, everybody lines the fuck up and certifies it and they're done. Like, like did you know who Josh Hawley was before? Mm-hmm. This week? I mean, I had heard You were name. aware of him, but he, you weren't. You couldn't tell me anything about him, a right? A conservative asshole who stands for <laughs> nothing that I stand for and is yeah. a senator? Yes. Yeah. Probably wealthy, but I took that from being a senator. <laughs> I mean, wealthy enough yeah. to be a senator. Oh, and by the way, four of the names on that senator list are incoming senators who are were elected as part of this election yeah. that they are claiming is fraudulent. Right. Which I don't understand. Yeah. Because we're not questioning the results of the down ballot races we're just questioning the top ballot race yeah well apparently you know all the machines that don't connect to the internet were connected to the internet somehow and then programmed for just the presidential race because those democrats i tried to tell them you could just win a whole bunch of seats like you know mitch mcconnell and lindsey graham and and susan collins like it seems like you guys want to win these seats if we can rig this whole thing, I I, I I see an easy path to victory there. But they were just like, no, no, we'd be too on the nose. And Yeah, I uh, at our, our last Antifa meeting, yeah. uh, at the, the Board of Governors meeting for Antifa, yeah. which, uh, of course, as you guys know, I'm a part of, um, <laughs> I, I pitched hard for the... How's the pot roast, by the way? Uh, not as good as you'd think. Not a lot of homemakers <laughs> amongst the uh, Antifas. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was cooked with the Molotov cocktails. They're not great. It wasn't fantastic. I said, "Hey, it could use a little milk." They said, "We our milk was you know busy with the tear gassing in the night." I was like, "Okay, I get it. I understand." Um, I said, "Maybe a little paprika," and they said, "Hey, we were making it while they were you know tear gassing and uh, pepper spraying everybody. We thought it would imbibe the flavor." The glaze isn't really great. What is this? 
Oh, Blood of Infidels. Thank you for letting me yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, but in the end, uh, I kept telling them, let's if we're going to steal the election, you got to yeah. steal the whole thing. Yeah. But as you say, they thought it'd be a little on the nose if we won every single race. Um, just like, you know, I said, we've been propping up this dead Ruth Bader Ginsburg for 19 months now. What's another two months? Let's yeah. just get her to the election. <laughs> we're about to steal. And they said... We don't want to draw too much attention to that yeah. election. Uh, and Soros, you know, from the back. Yeah, with the hood. From, and Lit yeah. from the top. So everything is just dark underneath. Um, yeah, he was just like, no, it must be this way. So, you know, yeah. uh, we, we have to do what he says. And uh, he's paying all our paychecks. What can I tell you? By the way, this I'm, is more of that. If you take <laughs> one sentence out of context. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't We're going to be on Hannity tomorrow. <laughs> Two Antifa super soldiers. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, my knee, real rickety. Real, oh, God, I just hit the camera, too. Real rickety because it's been rainy in L.A. the past couple of uh, past couple of weeks. Yeah. Really feeling that humidity and that rain <laughs> and that old knee from this Antifa super soldier. <laughs> like, Today's the day we overthrow the government. It's like, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'll be in the back. I'm you just... got some of that new Advil with the acetaminophen in it? I really need that double deuce. I just need to pick up a couple two by fours, you know. <laughs> For the signs. I'll, meet, make you. Signs. I'll meet you there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what Rob, good. Robin, Robin Bethesda just with his vape like looking in going like, nope, time's not right yet. <laughs> Soon, uh, I have. Uh, I, there is a time coming. We'll get to that when we talk about COVID. <laughs> I'm gonna need all of your help for that. Um, anyway, but let's wrap up on the certification part. Yes. So uh, it's gonna be a big fat waste of time, and <laughs> it's an excuse to uh, make it seem like to Trump supporters that certain people are taking this very seriously, and that they should be the rightful holder of all the Trump elect or all the Trump voters, like all the people who are crazy about Trump should not be crazy about Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz. And, uh, it's basically just putting their name out there so they can run for president in four years and say, Oh, I tried really hard for Trump, but, uh, unfortunately I couldn't do much because he ended up losing and you need to pick somebody who would win a presidency, not lose it like Trump. And, you know, probably better even better than even chance he's going to be in prison anyway. So, yeah, uh, you know, you, you might be familiar with this uh, when in countries when dictators die, sometimes mm-hmm. unexpectedly, you'll see this this jockeying for power. Yeah. Uh, did you watch um, the well, we were talking about we were talking about Scientology. David Miscavige is a great example of that. Just look at all the consolidating. All the, yeah. Consolidating power, kicking people out, like uh, making enemies and stuff like that. It, oh, it's all, all part of the. The jungle warfare that goes into becoming the the new figurehead of some sort of, <laughs> some sort of cult. I do highly recommend though, uh, the death of Stalin, which is a comedy, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't sound like that. Um, with uh, what is his name? Um, Wasn't Buscemi in that? Buscemi with Buscemi yeah. as uh, uh, one of the future uh, Soviet leaders. But it's just about how Stalin dies, and then all these guys who were high ups were just jockeying. And like making friends and pulling in allies, and they do it in in a dark comedy kind of way. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. However, I am a communist, and I like the history of the USSR. Yeah. For most people, it's going to be very confusing. I I saw the people, and I was guessing who people were before they actually like intru- like stopped still yeah, framed yeah, yeah. and put the name down. <laughs> I'm like, I bet you're Khrushchev. Bam, Khrushchev. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, but so uh, it's um, 
it's what happens in a dictatorial organization, whether that be a, a private organization like Scientology or uh, Kim Jong-un. All of the rumors about his death and like the, the sister is doing stuff is all about trying to consolidate power yeah. coming out of it. So uh, that's what you're seeing now. Uh, and I do want to touch on two things real quickly, uh, just in case you see him this week. Iran, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you're going to see a lot about this. Trump is probably going to use this as a distraction. Don't let it distract you. Uh, they're, yes, they're refining uh, uranium. They're allowed to because we had a deal with them that we then broke. Yeah. Uh, so sorry about it. Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, when you break a deal with somebody, you can't be mad that they then go back and start doing the thing that they promised they wouldn't do under the deal. By the way, also just on a related note, mm -hmm. uh, North Korea has more nuclear warheads today than they did four years ago. So hmm. thank God uh, Trump decided to meet with Kim Jong-un and <laughs> calm this whole thing down. That really worked out. Yeah. Uh, you know who else has more warhead capability than they did four years ago? Who? Iran. Yeah. Because uh, Obama figured out how to get them power without warheads. Surprise, surprise. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, Greta Thunberg, who, if you don't know who that is, 15, uh, was famous as a 15-year-old climate activist. I have the tweet next to me here that she sent out on her 18th birthday uh, where she was uh, being thankful for all the uh, birthday wishes that people sent her and then trolled basically everybody uh, saying that uh, you could find her down at the local pub, exposing all the dark secrets behind the climate and school strike conspiracy and their evil handlers who can no longer control her uh, because that was what people were saying about her uh, during the time that she was more famous. I suppose uh, I, I watched the documentary. So she just did a less funny version of the thing we just did with the Antifa meeting and stuff. Yeah, like, she's yeah. Uh, she's not a comedian and she's Swedish. So I yeah. don't expect that much from her. Um, <laughs> you know, she's not as funny. Uh, just generally speaking. Uh, also, she's. Uh, I watched I Am Greta. I don't know if you checked that out on HBO Max. I haven't seen it yet. Or Hulu. I can't remember. One or the other. You should, everybody should watch it. It's really good. Uh, and uh, it gives you insight because I can't imagine being 15 and having people say stuff like that about me. Yeah. When I am like legitimately passionate about something. If you had come to me when I was 15 and said, this guy doesn't actually want to be president. He doesn't care about Republican values. He doesn't really care about George W. Bush, which ironically are all things that were true about mm -hmm. me when I was 15 years old. So we've come a long way, folks. <laughs> we've come a very long way from compassionate conservatism to communism. It's not that far. It's all C's. It's all C letters. So <laughs> communism. Um, but yeah, <sighs> going, moving on to yet another C letter, I suppose. We have to do our COVID update for the week. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, Corey, I'm going to let you kick off with this funny, lovely, friendly, inflatable face of a beautiful Christmas tree. And why is that important? Well, not so friendly when you hear about it and <laughs> hear about what happened. So a hospital in the San Jose area uh, thought they would lift the spirits of uh, the people in the hospital by having somebody dress up in one of those inflatable costumes uh i'm sure you've seen them uh and this one was a christmas tree and turns out the person inside of there had covid mm -hmm. and uh also the inflatable costumes stay inflated because there's a little fan that works as an exhaust and sends <laughs> air that's inside just out of the costume and basically it worked as like a little sprayer covid sprayer yep. that was following along with the costume. So uh, I think it was like 46 people uh, contracted COVID because of that situation. Um, and listen, that's a, that's a really bad fuck up. That's a, that's going to follow you around for a while. Yeah. We've talked and, about how bad we would feel if we found out someone 
contracted COVID because of something we did. Oh, yeah. Just like one single person yeah. who who got it. I couldn't even imagine. And, you, you know, specifically because it's a medical, it's a hospital. Yeah. You should know better. Uh, but, you know, I, I was trying to make the, the point to you earlier. I, I bet you that they didn't think too much about this. I think I think it was sort of like, oh, let me just put on the costume real quick. People get a kick out of it. And, you know, like... Uh, I I brought up the example of like, have you ever made a really stupid decision or a really like minor decision that you didn't think was going to become this big thing? And then all of a sudden it became this huge thing. And now you're trying to justify why you made it. It's like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just, you gave me two options. I chose one. (laughs) Should I go to the mall or should I get a haircut? I think you should go to the mall. And then you 10 hours fast forward to 10 hours later. And literally every member of your family is screaming at each other because you said, go to the mall. Yeah. And I was just like, what did I do? I I don't know what I did. <laughs> like, I can totally see this as like a you should know better. But at the same time, I I can see how this stupid mistake could happen. Doesn't make up for the fact that forty three people got sick. Yes, and that what's more alarming to me is that you know we, we there's been a lot of numbers that sort of get out there. The 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 retransmission rate, how often you how many people you get sick, is one that gets thrown around a lot. But I don't what I. Uh, there was a number that was out not too long ago about uh, there was a sports conference in Boston, mm-hmm. a sports medicine conference in Boston that has also doctors that has. But before people really knew about COVID, yeah, I think it was yeah. like early March, late February or something like that. But a couple of people were sick at it. And that the sickness that has spread from there has accounted for like, I think they said like 45,000 cases. Yeah. Like, one person who got sick there goes home, gets somebody sick who gets five people sick, who gets five people sick. You know, like you go through the tree and you think that just like two people who are sick at this conference have led to 45,000 cases. It's yep. like ridiculous and well, amazing. Well, that's uh, the South Korean example, right? Yeah. Like one guy goes to church yeah. and infects 8,000 people in a church. Right. But uh, that's how it works. Yeah. And I, this is where I wanted, I need all of you. This is where I need all of you because... Uh, the other news kind of that came out this week and actually I heard about for the first time this afternoon is there are now two new strains, two new variants. One is the UK variant, which is uh, more virile. It, it spreads much easier, but is essentially the same as other COVID-19, just yeah. easier to spread. The second one that news kind of broke today is a South African variant, which scares the hell out of me uh, because it is spreading easier than the, the uh, UK variant. Also, you are contagious longer and symptoms take longer to show. So essentially you have a longer incubation period, but you're contagious the entire time. So you get uh, infected, you go to sleep, you wake up the next morning, you're now contagious, but 10 days, 12 days go by and you're just virally shedding to everybody around you. You feel fine. Then instead of being done, which is how most of the COVID infections go like, Oh, I just had asymptomatic. No, now, now you get symptoms at day 12 and you get, 10 days of symptoms on top of it. Yeah. So that's terrible because now the rate of infection, the R naught is going to go up. How many people you infect is going to go up, which means a lot more people getting sick, more people getting sick means more people dying. And I know I've been saying this for a couple weeks and I don't want people to take it uh, as just a brush off. I'm not happy about this. I know as Corey points out, more people dying means more innocent people dying. And that is absolutely true. But um, I am done with this the movie that happens before 12 monkeys. And I just want to jump right straight into 12 monkeys. So here's what I propose. Uh, we just need to get COVID to make one more jump 
uh, to the entirely deadly version. This South African variant, but very deadly. In pre- preparation for that, I'm going to go start spray painting 12 monkeys all over the city of L.A. And I need all of you to start leaving voicemails on random phone numbers, friends of yours, whatever, just wherever you can. And what you need to do is to say something to the effect of, Rob Cheek is our only hope. He has the answer. He knows. He can solve it. Yeah. Because 40 years in the future, when scientists find those voicemails, I want them then to send somebody in a time machine back here to visit me. And on a future show, I'm hoping that we can do an interview with Future the, you? The gen- no, it won't be future me because by 2040, I'll certainly be dead. Yeah. Um, I'm the Cassandra Riley of this story, which is <laughs> she died from the pandemic. Yeah. But she's the reason that somebody gets sent back. And what I'm going to tell that time traveler is to don't worry about the pandemic. It's not that big a deal. You need to go back and fix these other things further back in time so that we can get off this strange timeline that we've skewed onto. One, no Trump in 2016. Yeah. Uh, to, really, let's just go back to 2012 and just let the world end right there. I think that's, <laughs> that's the fix. But I need you guys to start leaving messages for people with my name. And then I promise you the exclusive interview with the time traveler right here on the podcast <laughs> whenever he's sent back to uh, come find me. Um, find out how this whole thing turned out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this has nothing to do with a book, which has a very similar theme to this, which I have already written and is available on Amazon <laughs> right now. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Uh, uh, also, uh, UK is rolling out the new AstraZeneca vaccine. Mm-hmm. All good news, except for it's not going to be available in the U S for a while. Johnson and Johnson is rolling out their single use vaccine, which to me is more important because the U.S. is talking about splitting the Moderna vaccine so we can di- uh, give it to twice as many people. That has not been tested, and it may give us, it may give twice as many people zero protection yeah. against the virus. And we talked this week about the uh, passport. If you had a passport that said, "Yes, I've been vaccinated," would you carry it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I would. I would love to live in a world where I know that everybody at this event has been vaccinated. The problem is, if half those people got the Moderna point five vaccine, yeah. And I waited to get the full Pfizer vaccine. I don't feel safe anymore in this group. Yeah. Uh, especially with the South African variant that's mm. going to kill us all. I mean, my problem is that I, you know, when we when we look back upon this time, I think the thing that is going to stick with me the most is going to be how stupid people were. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who get sick thinking that they're playing by the rules and the rules wherever you are are not quite the same as the what the rules probably should be to keep you optimally safe. And, you know, a lot of people are going to get sick. A lot of people are going to die. That's very unfortunate. It shouldn't have happened for, to begin with. But I, I'm really going to think back on all the stupid people who kept yeah. this going way longer than it should have. We could have we been on top of this way better than we were. And we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. One in five people in Los Angeles are testing positive. Uh, the the cases are just uh, outrageous, and they're going to get. We're about ten days away, I would imagine, or so, from starting to hear some some numbers. Unlike things that we've ever, it'll be it'll be like steroids in baseball. Just all of a sudden, people people hitting seventy home runs, and you're just like. Where did that come from? Like, it's going to you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be 40,000 cases in L.A. County. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, what? And nobody's going to know what to do. 
I, I'm reminded of a, a tweet that I have pinned to one of my accounts on Twitter. Mm. Uh, it's from Danton, uh, who was one of the revolutionaries during the French Revolution. And he said, uh, we have no compassion and we ask no compassion from you. But when our, our turn comes, we will shall not make excuses for the terror. Now, that is a little harsh for what I mean. But I just mean, listen, uh, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. I can't force you to do anything you want to do. Yeah. But there will come a time when this will all be over. And you are going to say, well, aren't you glad we all made it through this? And I'm going to say, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad I made it I'm through it. I'm glad I made it through it. You did everything you could to make sure that I didn't make it through well, this. And, and, and you're going to want something, and I'm not going to give it to you. And that's the point of the, the passport, essentially. Like, I don't even know. It, you know, even if we got to the point where, say, 90% of people were vaccinated. Yeah. Because that would be a good. That'd be a know, nice number. <laughs> that'd be a number that, that would help, help curve this a lot. I still don't even know if I would be trusting of people at that point. No. Like, you know, like I, I, the Ravens are supposed to play the, the Raiders in Vegas next year. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go. I also don't know that even if I'm vaccinated and even if enough people are vaccinated in that stadium, if I really feel comfortable even doing it because people are so goddamn stupid, it hurts me. Like it really, like I'm, I'm. And if you had to go wait in an hour long line, to get a vaccine or you could buy a passport page for $150 free vaccine oh, $150 passport page. They're, they're going to be fake too. That's the yes. other part. Like people are just going to buy fake. <laughs> and again, it could be free and widely available. But yeah. If it takes more of your time and effort to go get the vaccine than it does to get the fake passport. People will pay. Oh to yeah. Get the fake passport. Oh yeah. And that is again, you, I, I know it's harsh for me to say a virus that kills half the people who get it. We well, make dumb decisions, but this is why we people, need a little bleach. People will be us. people will be like, you know, like, oh, I need to, I need to get to to Miami tomorrow, but I don't have my vaccine yet, and they won't let me on the plane, so I'll just buy this and I'll be fine, and don't worry about me, you know. Yeah, that's there's gonna be a lot of that, and it, I can't trust it. I just my 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 faith in people, like, th- there's there's parts of this that are that are super inspiring and make me feel great. Mm-hmm. The 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 fact that. Healthcare workers are like literally not murdering us. Like I, I, I would be if I was a nurse or a doctor right now, it would be hard for me to put aside the Hippocratic oath and not smother some people who go in there going like this is all this is all fucking fake as they're dying. Yeah, from, like yeah. you know, like but like just hit you with just a fucking bit lean too into much. it, bud. Just yeah. lean into it. Like there, there's it's it's amazing the the ability of some people to do so much good in this world there's a and, reason i'm not a doctor <laughs> well yeah and i mean like you know, <laughs> but everybody there's there's tons of people all over the place who are doing amazing things to help people and to to try and get us through and then there's some people who are just so it's not even just the dumb people it's the awful people the yep. ones who know what they're doing and do it anyway and the people who are profiting off of it because oh, making billions and like there's a part of me that gets that Amazon is going to be is going to have more sales this year yeah. because people are stuck at home and I need that blender. <laughs> How am I supposed to get it? Amazon's the only place, you know, like I can have it delivered to my house while I'm stuck here on quarantine. Right. Yeah. Or I can risk going out to Walmart, which is open. But then I got to put myself and right. I got to put the worker at risk and I have to do. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, the, the, it was bound to have more sales this year just yep. based off of the, the situation. But, you know, you think about it and you're just like, why? Why does Bezos need that money specifically? Yeah. Why, does, why couldn't that money get reinvested into, I don't know, paying taxes or something? 
you know, uh, like or the warehouse in Baltimore where the starting wage is still seven twenty five. Yeah, or you know, like just pay all the people who are not making any money from this whole thing, like human beings. Yes, and uh, and not tracking their movements with those little wrist things to make sure they're never taking a moment off. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, let's let's end with some. some I was going to say mo- news. I think in the long run, what you're really going to remember about this year and this time is that the Ravens go from the wild card spot to the Super Bowl for the third time in their history. What? Is it not play? Oh, fuck. I hit the wrong one. Hang on. <laughs> uh, there we go. So I'm, good up until that point. I'm so used to it not working that I just skipped straight <laughs> just to the placard. That it- just went straight through. <laughs> Uh, so yes, the Ravens, they won yesterday. They beat up on the Bengals as expected, uh, as hoped, I guess I should say. Um, nothing's ever expected. And yes, now we are the fifth seed. We take on the Titans, the AFC South champions on Sunday. Uh, also in the AFC, the chiefs are the number one seed, uh, bills and Colts and Steelers and Browns will be facing each other as well as in the NFC, the Packers are the number one seed. Saints and Bears, uh, Rams and Seahawks, and Washington almost professional football team, and the who was it? I uh, just Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Uh. The Tom Brady Buccaneers. And the uh, question has been answered. I think yeah. as well as it can be. Is it Brady or is it Belichick? Brady's in the playoffs. <laughs> Belichick is not. So. I, I didn't think uh, I didn't think Belichick had a good great chance of making the playoffs this year. No. The fact that the that the Bucks literally did everything they could to try and make the playoffs this year, I think, is uh, <laughs> yeah. This is what you expected when you when you made this jump, so, made this leap. Other than the Ravens making the playoffs, which is great, and yeah. again, we put ourselves in a position of winning. You're in. That's the second best place you can be, other than winning the division. But yeah. when the uh, Steelers went 11, 12, and zero to start the season, like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um. Is the more upsetting thing, the thing to really discuss is that the Washington not nearly professional football club has a six and ten record, six and eleven, seven and seven, seven and, and nine, seven and nine record, yeah. and they are in the playoffs as the division winners of the NFC East. Right, and they very nearly had the Philadelphia Eagles not thrown the game. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the Dolphins at ten and six in the AFC are going home. Yeah, and also the AFC playoffs have three AFC North teams in it. Yeah. The Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens, all from the AFC North, all in the playoffs. All with above 10 and 10 yeah. and 6 or better, right? 10 and 6 has to be 10 and 6 or better. Yeah, or I think they're all 11 and, yeah. So I think I proposed this a few weeks ago. I'm going to just renew it now. Moving the Washington, whatever they are in the future, to the AFC North. <laughs> yeah. And the Baltimore Ravens to the NFC East. Just to balance things out a little bit. And by balance, I mean create a dominant team in the NFC East that can go to the Super Bowl every single year. See, I don't like the idea of re- redistricting the the NFL every every so often. Yeah. What more more than anything, what I think would be fun is if uh, it was like uh, European soccer and there was uh, deleg or relegation. I can't remember what the term is for it. Basically, there's like 20 teams, premier or not, premier. but only 15 of them are in the Premier League, yeah. and then the rest of them go to like some sad sack league. And if you're <laughs> a really terrible Premier League team, then you go you go off to to the minor leagues until you can 
and win they, your way back in. The Premier League so. plays those teams, but it's just like, okay, so we need a respite. Let's go play. Uh, mm. Let's go play Chelsea real quick. Uh, <laughs> we just need a week off. Uh, we'll play our second string, if you will. Yeah. Or what? Uh, you know what other teams like Philadelphia might call uh, a must-win game at the end of the season. You know, putting your third-string quarterback. And- that was fucking pathetic. <laughs> and the fact that we waited all day for that, like. I didn't. I went no. home. I was Rob like, gave not, up. He's like, I'm not, not going to be a good I'm game. Doing this thing. <laughs> the two teams under 500 who are talking about who might win a playoff spot is upsetting. <laughs> it, like two or three years ago, there was like three NFC division teams that were at 500 or worse. Yeah. NFC South, NFC West, NFC East. All were doing terrible. And w- all of them were going to make the playoffs. There's just nothing. And then we I, Ravens were not going to make the playoffs at 10 and 6. Yeah. No, this should not be allowed. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, if not redistricting, maybe the Premier League style, and we just take the, what, eight best teams? No, it'd be more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, it's 14. 14 yeah. best teams, and then just March Madness style. <laughs> just randomly throw them out in there and have them play. Well, I mean, there's more. There's a little... There's a little logic to the madness there. Not, okay, so let's use very. I mean, similar it's not logic. like they, it's not like they just like throw Duke in there and they're just like, I wonder what seed they're gonna be. Oh, fucking fourteen. Ugh. So okay, so yes, like but, they they look they go ahead they go in they go like oh well Duke's the number one seed so. But Duke will sometimes play in the West. Right. Why? Ah, uh, because there's a draft and they pick and they put it in the West. They're number one seed in the West. There, there's some logic to that too. I don't remember exact. I think like basically, if you're the number one seed, uh, the West of '95. If, if you mean, had, if you had four number ones that were from four different parts of the country, like yeah, University of Florida, UMass, Seattle, or University of Washington, and UCLA. Perfect. We're here, number one seeds for whatever reason in this yeah. hypothetical. Uh, then it would be real easy for them to say like, okay, Massachusetts up here in the Northeast and Florida down here in the Southeast. And the blah, problem blah, is yeah. some years it's all old ACC. Yeah. Teams. You know, Duke, it, North Carolina, <laughs> Maryland, and Florida state. And you're like, Oh, okay. well, Maryland, you're going out West. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, enjoy Pomona. But imagine if they just took the 14 teams with the best record. Yeah. And then made it East V West. And every team east, and that may not even work because there's more teams east of the Mississippi than there are west, but find a way to divide it and then just have them play. And then, you know what, NFC East, you're not represented. I'm sorry. Because you suck. Because you play the other three worst teams in the NFL and you still could not win. There is a part of this that feels like like any time there's an example where a losing team makes the playoffs, it's just like we have to we have to rebake this whole cake because yeah. it's wrong. Like just like when whenever the candidate that you wanted to win the presidency like loses the electoral college, and you're just like, wow, this popular vote. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Let's let's change everything. Like it's like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a reasonable argument to make to throw over the electoral college or overthrow the electoral college, but you know, just because you lost is the reason why you're bringing this up right now. You never. You, and I'm you wondering how much you didn't cor- do this when Obama was cruising at 320 or whatever. I'm you're, wondering how much you would be on my side if the uh, Ravens didn't make the playoffs and half the teams in the wet in the uh, NFC. Oh, had I would say burn run. it down. That's a, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but this is happy, Corey. I'm happy yeah, yeah. that the Ravens are in the playoffs. Ravens so I'm not play, gonna... playoff, Corey, yeah. If Ravens were ten and six and didn't make the playoffs, oh, and... you should have you should have heard the alternate universe of uh, me ranting on the the hospital in San Jose oh. if the Ravens hadn't won. I oh, I wouldn't have been like, well, you know, mistakes happen and boys will be boys. Like, 
<laughs> it was certainly a bit different. <laughs> I would have been in an awful mood today. Yeah, just remember, uh, Corey's dad wanted him to go into law and become a judge, and this would be the judge that you'd have to worry about. <laughs> Going into court on Monday morning, like, oh, fuck, how'd the Ravens do this weekend? Oh, uh, we need a postponement. We need a postponement immediately. <laughs> I come I come up to the bench and I fucking slam my coffee cup down and the handle breaks off and I'm just like again. And you're just like, I would like to ask for <laughs> Half the arms in the room shot shoot up like Your Honor, we're just not ready for uh, any kind of trial today. Can we just seek a postponement? Again <laughs> Wait, uh yeah, we're we're uh, looking at when do they uh when do they play the uh, Bengals? <laughs> two weeks? Yeah. Uh, we'll be ready to go in like two weeks. If you just want to postpone it two weeks to Monday, yeah, we'll be fine then. That's fine. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you're just like, oh, ready for court. They lost the Bengals. Oh, fuck. I be bet wrong. Day. I bet wrong. It's going to be a bad day. Uh, Listen, uh, we should go in here and make a deal. All right. Uh, they're offering life. It could be worse. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to challenge this judge today. <laughs> judge, judge Baker after a Ravens loss is not the one you want to deal with. We don't have the death penalty anymore, but he might bite your head off literally in the courtroom. That might be it for you. So at least life, you get to go to prison for a while. I mean, at least if you if you make the deal with the with the DA, then there's a chance that we could get this overthrown later. <laughs> if he bites off your head literally in court, there's no appeals process. We can't do. And we don't have that Massachusetts law where you're innocent if you have an action. <laughs> I would like these charges dropped now that you've killed my client. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, uh, the last time the Ravens won the Super Bowl, it was very similar situations. We started off the season, uh, undefeated for Mm -hmm. quite a while and then, uh, shit got weird. And then we somehow got into the playoffs with the wild card spot. And, uh, I'm not saying that just because it happened that way before it's going to happen that way this year, but I will tell you that, uh, the Ravens to win the Super Bowl is plus 1300. So, uh, what uh? What say you? Do you think? Do you think that's a completely stupid bet? I mean, like, would you put? Would you feel like you've wasted a hundred dollars if you if you made that bet today? Only because it would require going to Nevada and then exposing myself to COVID. That would be the worst yeah. part of that bet. No, but uh, I mean, you could get it on a VPN, and then all of a sudden you're from Nevada. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Corey. That sounds illegal to me. It sounds like you're putting a recording of you giving instructions on no, how to break I, the law and uh, no, I, I, violate gaming laws. I, with the United I wasn't States. saying anything like that. I was saying that you could drive across the state line and get on your phone and then you could bet online. Like, <sighs> is that what a VPN is? It's yeah. drive across state lines is that and how then it, get on the phone? Is that what a VPN is? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, listen. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to look up the definition of a VPN on my VPN. <laughs> I think it's gonna uh, be a long drive to Nevada before I can Google that one. I think you uh, said earlier. Uh, I've bet on worse things with worse <laughs> odds before. That, Not only have I <laughs> wasted a hundred dollars on worse things before, but I've placed worse bets before. So you know, I. You were looking at a man who who was in Las Vegas during baseball season. I I was only able to uh, to spend one day watching baseball and betting on it. Which is an awful idea. Don't do it because it's the worst sport to bet on. Cause wait, wait, is this when you went to uh, spring training that one year and you went to the one game that you... No, 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 no. I was in Vegas. Oh, sorry. You went to no games when you went to spring training. You went to when Disney was World it? Then. I don't remember. I was in Vegas by myself at some point. Uh, and Ubaldo was pitching for the Orioles. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I, I'm just 
just blind luck. Let's just do it. Twenty bucks on the or fifty bucks on the O's or whatever. How do you it was. not bet against the Orioles when you? Because how do Ubaldo's? I bet against the Orioles? Because Ubaldo is pitching. I know I should have known, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to have the, the bet on his one no hitter. Like, what's the line? Mm-hmm. That it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, whatever the line is against the Orioles, I'll take it. Betting on baseball is just fucking. I, I don't even understand it. it Football is so easy because there's a point spread and you get it and it's easy. Like baseball, it's just like you need a trigonometry degree because <laughs> you'll just see like Orioles by point one zero five nine seven three, and you're just like, I have no idea what that means. But it's not runs. <laughs> it's it's, not it's runs. like it's a whole bunch yeah, of yeah. It's like like uh, when fantasy football got complicated and they b- became decimal points and stuff like that. Like it's a whole new system. Anyway. I never finished better than second, so I, I, I don't <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't understand how that is. <laughs> Anywho, um, is there is there anybody, l- l- I guess let's put it this way, instead of the Ravens, if you had to, if I said gun to your head, you're putting 100 bucks down on some team to win the Super Bowl, are you, uh, where, where, are you where are you leaning? I mean, what would your reaction be? So I think safe bets are with Mahomes mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Uh, but I think you get the best of both worlds with saying um, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Because uh, yeah. I think the MVP talk this year has been Derrick Henry with his 2,000-yard rushing season. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Second rushing title in a, in two years, yeah. Um, And uh, then it which was is, Which is really more impressive because usually somebody wins the rushing title, if you look at their next year, like they'll have, you know, 1,800 yards and, and lead the league in rushing one year. And then the very next year, they have 800 yards. Yeah, because everybody gets ready for them when they uh, <laughs> when they come in. And also, uh, you end up blowing a knee out at yeah. some point, you know. Uh, but yeah, back-to-back years. And Mahomes was in the talk early in, in the season because the Chiefs were looking unbelievable. I mean, mm. Lamar was too at the very beginning right. of the year. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, at the end of the season, just kind of commanding their way out of the season just to be like, no, I, it doesn't matter that I'm 42 or whatever. Like, I got a big dick and I'm going to put it on the table. Yeah. Um, and I think you always bet on that. That's just, they, you know, the guy's got confidence and what are you going to do? I, I do like, if if it's my mind going here, the Chiefs are obviously the, the best bet, I think, because they're the, the best team of any of the, by record. By record, Best yeah. team and the super defending Super Bowl champion. So uh, they'll be a tough out. Uh, the Bills, I think, are a really good pick. Uh, I just don't feel confident at all about. I, I think, like you know, the Titans and the the Bengals or the Bengals, the Browns and the Steelers and the Colts are all perfectly fine teams. But I think there's certainly a line between the Chiefs and the Bills and everyone else. Yeah, and you know, the Ravens. It's so hard to tell because they annihilate awful teams, <laughs> and then good teams are much closer games. They still hold up in those those close games, but it's Some harder. It, yeah. I feel like the Ravens are kind of that line. So to me, it's Chiefs, Bills, Ravens. Again, I might be a slanted. Don't take my Wait, don't take my advice here. But I mean, like those three seem like the most likely to advance to the Super Bowl in my mind. Right, the from Steelers the went did so well at the open of the season, mm-hmm. but then they lost to the Jets, and you're just like, no, it was the uh, uh, the Washington. Washington, yes. Yeah, the but, Washington Professional Washingtons. Which I guess is also a playoff team, although yeah. it shouldn't be. But then they lost another game the next week. It, it, they got uh, – Washington said they figured them out. Like yeah. the Ravens figured them out. So they've been they've been a far different team since the second time they've played us. Yeah. Um, and Cleveland, I just don't trust. I, I mean, like it's a good quality squad, you know, like good players and stuff like that, but I just don't. I mean, also, I don't know. You, you play a team back-to-back weeks 
once at home and then you have to go against their kind of their backup squad and then you have to go to their home and yeah. play the, does that make you step up or do you not step up uh, or do you get over if you beat them now I feel like you're overconfident going into the next game like there's just too much going on in that series yeah though I do like the NFC even though the number of teams that I like in the NFC are very light I, I like the Packers because yeah. I think they have the easy path to the Super Bowl which yeah. is great for them uh, Seahawks I feel I feel pretty good about I think I could see a world well, where they Seattle have to beat the Rams to get into the next stage so. yeah and I mean like that's the that's the problem there, there's teams here that just don't deserve to be <laughs> the Bears the Rams the, <laughs> the Washington professional Washingtons they don't none of these uh, teams really uh, deserve to be in the playoffs that much so uh, I, I wouldn't feel confident confident in that so it, it becomes like one of those like you know Packers Saints Seahawks conversations, I think. Bucks, maybe. Well, I was gonna say the, the wild card in the NFC, the wild card, I guess. Yeah, uh, not the, the wild, wild card, card teams. teams. Yeah, but not even that. The wild card players. You have Russell Wilson, you have Drew Brees, and you have Tom Brady. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he he has a much easier path to the to the uh, Super Bowl. It's just any of those guys show up on any given Sunday, and they can carry the team on their backs to a win. Uh, not most of them are under six feet tall too, which is very weird. Uh, but if they don't show up, like if Drew Brees doesn't show up against the Bears, the Bears may go to the next round. They may eliminate the, oh, the uh, uh, may eliminate New Orleans. Nothing to me from the from the perspective of betting on this. Nothing makes you feel dumber than when you have placed the bet and then you go to you like sit down to watch the game and you're just like, all right, you know. $300 on the Rams to beat the Seahawks. And then you're just like, wait a minute. I just picked John Wolford over Russell Wilson. What the yeah. fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Oh, and, and then Wolford comes there. out and throws an interception. His <laughs> very <laughs> first throw. It's like, why did I do this to myself? Why didn't I see this coming? Like, don't, don't. I wouldn't bet on the Saints. I don't feel like super confident about them either. But like, it, at least they're in the conversation. I yeah. feel like there's, there's three teams maybe per conference that seem reasonable to make it to the to the Super Bowl. And then a lot of other teams, like, if they get hot, if they get the right string of luck, like could definitely surprise somebody and, and win games. But I, I don't I, I don't see like I just don't see the Rams making it to the Super Bowl. Oh, again, would you have gone in and put money down on John Wolf John Wolford? John yeah. Wolford versus Kyler Murray and the Cardinals last week. I just look at that and I'm like a guy who's never taken an NFL snap against the number one draft pick two years ago. Yeah. No, no, I'm not going to do See, it. See, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet that game, but I wouldn't be, if I bet on every game, I wouldn't yeah. be terrified of that one in particular, just because the Cardinals have kind of like fucking shit the bed too. So like, oh, it's sort of like one of the, like, what are we going to do? And then Kyler was out for most of the game. So it became backup versus well, no, backup. No. And that's the thing, though. Because going into the game, oh, I, know, I say, like, strong cards. And then Wolford throws an interception. And I'm like, great bet. And then Kyler goes down in the next set. And you're like, okay, so these <laughs> no. are actually two very closely matched teams. And I was focused on the fact that they had a starter versus a backup. I mean, generally speaking, I think the the best way to, to pick winners in almost any game is to find who has the best single player. Yeah. And if you can... If you start naming players and it takes you a couple to get to the other team, mm-hmm. who are the who are the Texans playing yesterday? I can't remember. Oh, they were playing the Titans, Titans. right? Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, uh, uh, Derrick Henry is the number one player 
on yep. either one of those teams. But then it's a lot of Texans, even though they're a worse team per se. Okay. Deshaun Watson, I think, is better than anyone else on the on yeah. the Titans. Uh, maybe J.J. Watt you're talking about or or uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking Slaughter or like there's a there's a couple players there that are all in the same. But then you the start getting makers. into the A.J. Brown, the yeah. Tannehills. Like I, I just don't. I think it's easiest to think about it sometimes in terms of like who's the best player on the on the field. Like if you're looking at a Rams versus Seahawks, you can say, you know, we got uh, Russell Wilson. Yep. So that's our number one. Yeah. And then. You know, how far down are you going before you get to Aaron Donald is probably two there. And like, there's a couple defensive players there, uh, but forget but, like, it. Cause I defense like, doesn't produce points though. So well, they can, I mean, the, the Seahawks or if you're the Rams, yeah, can. I guess it's so. their only hope. <laughs> I mean, but in the end, I would say comparing offenses there, you have a lot of Seahawks at the top before you get down to a, not, not a Ram, but a Ram who's going to play in that game. Yeah. Uh, because they have wide receivers that are out. They have running backs that are out. Right. And they're Cooper Cup might Cooper Cup might be the second best offensive player, but he might not play. And I was gonna say I'm assuming he's not going to play. Yeah. If he plays, it'll be surprising. But again, I, assuming he's not going to play, how far do you get down in offensive players before you hit a Ram? Yeah. Even if their starting quarterback is back, I think there are. Oh, I don't even think that matters that much. Nope. I, there I, are I, better I, players on the Seahawks. Well, I mean, like Metcalf is way better than yeah. than Cup or Golf. You know, like so. Yeah. I don't know. Does the a little piece of free advice just find the best players it helps you it helps you illuminate this a little bit in your mind you if you if you make a list of the 10 best players on on both teams and 70 percent of them are on one team mm-hmm. it's a it's a good lean it's a good way to to start your your thought process and there's nothing t- just nothing feels worse than you bet against rogers and you like look at yourself and you're just like why, why did I? I do it yeah. why did i do it what on this team is <laughs> good <laughs> enough to bet i should have rogers. looked at a list of the 10 best players and said oh fuck aaron Rodgers is on that team i shouldn't do that <laughs> and uh similarly i'm gonna go with uh something from uh three or four years ago yeah and i'm gonna say much like talent i say measure the dicks of everybody <laughs> on the team and figure out Who's on top? And when you have a team that has substantially more than the other, that's the one that you should back. So sneak in the locker room and make some measurements. I just love the idea of Rob's like running across the casino trying to get there in time to the sports book. Then he's just like, I want to put money on the game. It's about to start. And they're just like, who do you want? It's like, fuck, who's got the biggest dick? (laughs) How big is Russell Wilson's dick? And you're just like looking at the... How big is Russell Wilson's dick? <laughs> Answer me now. <laughs> uh, uh, Corey, Corey's sitting at, <laughs> sitting at a table nearby like he's always trying to send people some dicks to Jupiter. <laughs> Don't know why. Well, if you want more very important information for <laughs> fantasy purposes or for betting purposes only, you know where you can go. Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Corey to oh, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. And don't forget, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast at anchor.fm forward slash show the anthem. The easiest way to go find the links to everything related to getting us in podcast form and, uh, you know, video on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and the whole nine, as we usually do. Though right. I think Periscope's down now. I think we're done with Periscope. Is Periscope not? I mean, I, we're sending video to Periscope, so uh, I don't. I don't think they're uh, sending that to Twitter anymore, though. Ah, uh, well. I think that I think Periscope is not long for this world. So ah, it's like Vine. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, you can find more of me at well, it's like Corey Baker. I keep, 
by the way, we get to the end of the episode, and for whatever reason, I can't say website. I just got to like slur right through it. Mm-hmm. You can find my website at CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCV5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> <coughs> There's there's Rob dying again. No, I just I thought of something funny and then I a uh, little less rum, a little more coke in that mix and probably won't be slurring as much by the end of the episode, <laughs> uh, which is what I was thinking of. And then it's even extra funny because uh, I don't think Corey or I have had anything except for a few ships of sips of champagne in the last uh, six months. Or no, more. God. Yeah, it's been a sober quarantine. I, I had a at, margarita at one point. I looked at Corey and I realized. Uh, he could get so much more done if he had my work ethic with how much he stays sober. And then I wasn't getting anything <laughs> done because I was drinking too much. So uh, I decided to take the work ethic and mix the sobriety. And then I realized the sobriety just makes you question too many things about life. And that's <laughs> problematic. It uh, gets in the way of you being able to focus on doing the work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A mm-hmm. little bit of liquor can help. Uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't take it up again. So anyway, you can anyway, talk more about that. <laughs> that was... That was a lesson I learned out of after a long, long summer of lifeguarding. <laughs> <laughs> you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek and all your social networks. I'm back from my uh, sabbatical. Yeah. Um, and I've made exactly one post. Uh, so I guess I'm back. I also. We're um, not counting the, the ones that auto do from uh, uh, expired food or. No, recall. no. And uh, listen, everybody should do that. Uh, the FDA allows you to auto tweet or auto post when stuff happens. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a good public service to do. No, no, I'm not. I'm not discouraging it. I'm just saying that I think it's funny that like uh, you were just like, oh, on sabbatical. You're not going to hear from me. And then I'd see like a notification. It's just like Rob tweet Rob tweeted. And I'd look at it and just be like, <laughs> lettuce is bad. And I'm just like, oh. Here's my other part of my uh, 12 Monkeys plan. Yeah. That I imagine that the computer at the FDA is going to keep spitting those out years after society goes down. Mm. And I'll keep retweeting them automatically. <laughs> and so they're going to find the voicemails. They'll be like, like Herman Cain. They're going to look at this and be like, this guy just continued to spread the word for decades after society collapsed. When nobody was listening, he shouted into the void. We have to send someone back. Herman Cain got one of them strains. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, new song. That's another thing. New song coming up. But no. Uh, so, new plan. When the time traveler comes back, I'm gonna hit him with something heavy and take his time travel <laughs> device, and then get the fuck out of here. This sounds more like Rob's plan. I'm gonna travel back to me at 15 and be like, do some push-ups for God's <laughs> sake, and learn how to code. It's gonna be very important. Uh, I got a lot of personal stuff I got to work through. <laughs> anyway, uh, mental health is very important during this uh, pandemic. So make sure you take care of your mental health. Clearly, some of us are not. Um, find more of me at Robert and Cheek on our social networks. Uh, RobertandCheek.com. We can find links to my political blog, the news website, and the books, which are available on Amazon. Buy Rob's books. I just noticed this. So I'm going to throw it in. This is the book about... Oh, man. You just sent off the... <laughs> oh, the lights just came on. Uh, uh, this is the book I was talking about earlier, The Calls. Uh, yeah. An unbelievable, unbelievable true story by Daniel McAllister, edited by me, which is actually just by me. Uh, it's one of those things. <laughs> Surprise! We do in the biz. Uh, it's available on Amazon. You should check it out. But uh, anyway, that's all available there. So. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, God damn it. For Corey, <laughs> this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. And let's uh let's not do any more incriminating calls this week, shall we? I don't have an hour to spend listening through all. <laughs>
You or me or Trump? No, or? just in general. Just in the void. I'd rather not any more calls this week. Right, I, yeah, no calls. Okay. Leave voicemails. Rob Cheek, savior of the universe. That's what we need to do. <laughs>